This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph, and Nick. It's Thursday Rush Nation, it's me and Murph back in the studio two days after Peyton Barber made an appearance in the studio Man, how you feeling? Yeah, man, so good. Um, really excited for today. Um, not just for seeing the jersey again, but just uh, just for who we've got on. Yeah. So today, it is an absolute pleasure to introduce you to Fantasy Pros co-host Bobby Sylvester. He's an analyst on Fantasy Pros, and he's just an all-round nice guy. So let's get into today's interview, guys. We hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Bobby, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. It is a pleasure talking to you guys. Oh man, thank you so much for coming on. It's, it's pretty surreal for me. I don't know about you. Oh, massively for yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, That's it's still wild for me to hear. It just it doesn't make any sense that anyone wants to talk to me about fantasy football. Like three years later, I'm still pinching myself every minute. Uh, well, do you know what? Like I said, it's, it's, it's surreal for me because I listen to you every weekday on my commute. So it's because I commute about an hour and a half each way. So you, you know, you're, you're in my ears every day, Monday to Friday, and then to have you here, sort of in front of us on video screen, it's just, it's wild for me. It's sort of blowing my mind right now. Yeah, bit of a fanboy. Yeah, I've got. I'm not, 
my two go-to podcasts are you and the uh, fantasy footballers. So, oh, those guys are awesome, aren't they? They're so funny too. They've got a podcast called The Spitballers that I listen to every Monday. And you know, because we're like uh, kind of rivals, everyone thinks we must not especially like each other. We're all like best friends. Everyone in the fantasy football industry is so nice. Well, we, we've definitely found that just by reaching out to you guys who are professional in the industry, everybody's so willing to help us and, and just be nice and friendly and like we haven't had anybody say well we're too much of a big dog to talk to you which has been yeah <laughs> welcoming for us as well yeah exactly and it just everyone's been like oh do you know what we're busy for a couple of weeks okay no problem and we, we, we we're really respectful of people's time and people come back like you and said oh yeah no like that's fine and like i sent you the notes and you thought it was on that day and i was like well i'm sending to you <laughs> i would have made it work i would have you know that was my experience as well when i first got in because you have to understand like we started this podcast two and a half years ago i had no idea what i was doing i was so far in over my head and you know people were really kind to me and uh you know why why would i of course not return the favor no well we're we're truly honored so i guess we need to kick off um i i have a question beforehand go on sorry for those of you that don't listen to bobby's podcast he's got some pretty terrible food takes (laughs) (laughs) i'm known for that with it being Christmas just around the corner, if you were to do like a Christmas food draft, um, so for instance, you were the number one overall pick in a Christmas food draft, what are you taking and why? Christmas food, you know, um, I don't really, I like, you know, I enjoy holidays and everything, but I don't really get into the traditions of holidays and everything like that. Um, I just want to eat prime rib. <laughs> if I can, you know, it's my birthday. My birthday's coming up. My birthday is Christmas Day. And so I want to go out and get myself some prime rib. Now, of course, pizza's always at the top of the list, like every day. I try to make that happen, you know, at least five, six times a week. Usually I'm looking at like one or two because I've got a family. But um, I used to work, I used to manage a pizza restaurant and would eat pizza literally that much. So yeah, just prime rib pizza whenever I can get it, guys. What's the Chicago pizza joint you talk about on your podcast? Because every time yeah. you talk about them, I salivate because you guys <laughs> just talk about it in such detail about how great this is. <laughs> and even the fact that the frozen stuff's good. They, got it, they dropped it to your door right a couple of weeks ago. They did. They, uh, they heard us talking about it on the podcast and were like, let's send these guys some pizza. And it was amazing. It's called Lou Malnati's. So I don't live that close to Chicago. Like I'm in Illinois, so everyone thinks, oh, you're from Chicago. Well, no, really, it's like four hours away. I'm down by St. Louis. Uh, if, if you all know where that is. And, um, you know, so I don't get to go up there that often. And the saddest moment of life is when you take that final bite of Lou Malnati's pizza because it's so good and you know you're not going to get it until you go back up to Chicago. So they sent it on down. It was amazing. They've got like this crust that tastes kind of like a cookie. And uh, they marinate, I don't know what it, what they exactly marinated in, but they marinate the tomatoes and I think balsamic vinegar and a, and a couple other spices. And it's just delicious. Their uh, their sausage that they make there is it's just top notch. It is such good food. It's more like lasagna than it is like pizza. Right, it's awesome. I, just, I want some. <laughs> <laughs> now we're all hungry because it's about well, I don't know. It's about lunchtime for me. I don't know what time it is for you guys. It's it's sort of early evenings, not quite dinner time, but yeah, too far, a couple of hours. But just the one last thing on the on the food. So I I lived in America and I've got the I've, I've done the Christmas dinners in America. There's one thing I think that you should try this year. And it's what we do here. We call them pigs in blankets. Sure. Yeah. So it's pretty easy to do, recreate. You get really tiny, like cocktail sausages. So just very small sausages, which I'm sure you, I know you can get them out there because I've done it. About yay big. It's about yay big, not, not, not too big, but, um, and you wrap them in bacon and you put them in the oven and cook them there. 
It's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, that is definitely a Christmas food that I've had at Christmas parties. Okay. And that's the first plate that I go to because, you know, it's not going to last very long. You can't be like, oh, I'll go back to that later because it's gone. <laughs> no, we, we love them here and it's a big tradition for us. So I guess uh, we're not running a Food Network podcast. We are talking. About <laughs> I could talk about it for hours, but yeah. Very easily. And um, our listeners are very keen in the middle of their matchups for uh, semifinals or playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. So before we get into some of the, the context of championship playoffs and, and kind of how you prepare for that, I want to get a little bit more into, into you because we've got a lot of listeners who listen to you and sure. listen to so your podcast and perhaps want to know a little bit more about how you got into it. They might have aspirations of starting a podcast of their own or, or writing or, find, or doing more for, for NFL. So, so how did you get into being a, a podcaster and, and getting to talk about fake football for a living. Yeah, it, it is just amazing. Um, you know, the funny thing is I had no experience when I got this position and, you know, fantasy pros is the, the single biggest pure fantasy site on the, on the internet. And so when I got the position, it was as a di- data scientist, I was designing algorithms to help forecast projections and things along uh, those lines. I did some writing um, and I did some editing and they were like, Hey, we're thinking about starting a podcast. We think your personality might go well for it. And, uh, and so they put me in. But the thing is, before I had this job, I worked in IT at a school district. And so um, for those of you who work in IT, a lot of you know that, you know, sometimes you work two hours a week. Sometimes you work 15. And uh, very rarely do you actually work 40. You're just there in case someone needs you. So I had a lot of spare time. And so I used a lot of that spare time to help. Um, develop an app. I wrote the algorithms for this uh, this fantasy football draft app. And so that gave me an upper hand in, in actually getting an interview. And once I got the interview, it was just, uh, you know, they liked what they heard and they gave me a chance. I don't know why they did still to this day, but I'm really thankful they did. And uh, I was just like so many of you guys listening where I loved fantasy football. I could talk about it all the time. And someone just gave me a chance. Um, and I think a lot of it comes down to if you, if you want to get your foot in the industry, just go for it. Everybody that I know in the industry at first started by doing something for free because they absolutely loved it. And then their name was out there and they could say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm capable of. And then someone will give you a chance maybe. Awesome. That's so good. And, um, you know, we, we love asking that question to guests we have on because, you know, we'd like to give that information out to people and, and say that anybody can do it and hearing about their background and your background is just yeah. inspirational to that you know, you were developing apps and, and now you're you're in thousands of people's ears every day, giving them advice about how they can win their leagues. It's just it's so awesome. Oh, and for us as well, yeah. yeah. We 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 started a podcast based on our tiny little redraft league once a year, just to basically gun everyone else in the league. And and now we're we're providing a, a product to you know a couple of hundred people a week that want to listen to our stuff. So yeah. That's perfect. That's exactly how Mike Tagliere did it too, my co-host on the podcast, is he was just doing a podcast for his league and then he was like, you know, let's see if I can make this a little bit bigger. I'm having fun with it, so let's go for it. In fact, it was his wife's idea and uh, I'm really glad that he did because I think he's maybe the best in the industry at this point. He's incredible, isn't he? Yeah, he really is. He's having a, a killer year with his picks as well. Is yes. He's one of the sort of top five analysts at the moment. Uh, not at the moment. He had two pretty rough weeks, but he's still in the top, uh, well, within the top quarter of uh, a fantasy football analyst, and he'll always be up there. Yeah, and he's such fun. You guys have such great chemistry. So, well, thanks. If, if, if for some reason you're listening to us and you haven't listened to these guys, then download the, download the pod and get it on to tomorrow because we love it and absorb the information. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. So I'm really keen to know about, I mean, you live 
sort of in Illinois, are you a Bears fan or do you support a, sort of another NFT, uh, NFL team? And, and if so, who, who is it you support? You know, in the St. Louis area, we despise all things Chicago. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I could not possibly be a Bears fan and not be kicked out of St. Louis. So I was a St. Louis Rams fan when they moved. I said, forget the Rams. I'm done with you guys. I'm finding my own team. So I was an NFL free agent, and what I wanted was a team that wasn't very good at the moment. I thought would be a lot of fun to watch still, even though they weren't very good, and maybe had a, a young quarterback. That way I wasn't like a bandwagon fan. I could grow with the team, and they'd become my team as they got good. So I picked the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they're my team right now. It doesn't matter where they're located. If they go and play in London, I'll still be a Jags fan. They're a lot of fun to watch. I love Jalen Ramsey. I know he's kind of a knucklehead with his trash talk and everything like that. But they're just a blast. They play football the right way. They just need some skilled players. Yeah, and definitely one at uh, quarterback. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not a Blake Balls fan. <laughs> Anyone who listens uh, obviously knows that. But I do think they've got sort of the makings and the structure of a good team, good cap level. Yeah. I think they would have won this year with Lamar Jackson. I know he's not a very polished passer, but you know, you put a, a playmaker like that in the offense, it makes everyone better. You know, they they lost a lot of players uh, on the offensive line with injury as well, which certainly did not help. And Fournette being gone it was just a tough season. I would have loved to have seen Teddy Bridgewater there. I think that would have right, been, yes, that would have been just awesome. I think they would have really balled out and would have had a really good season. Um, and he had something to prove with the injury and. Uh, maybe they can still try and do something with with New Orleans to see if he can go there. But I think that would be for the, the pick I would have to 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 get him in. So that'd be perfect. And hey, it means if you you spot Jags and they come here, it means you just have to come over here and watch a game. Deal. I'd like that. Absolutely. <laughs> so in terms of you've given us a little bit of insight into how you got into the industry, but if you were giving our, our listeners that advice and saying, you know, just an avenue where they can start, whether it's just sort of writing a fan piece or or want to start a podcast, or what sort of advice can you sort of give them to get started as to where they can start to broadcast or write things or, or something like that? There's a lot of opportunities out there on sites if you want to do something for free. For instance, on Fantasy Pros, we have something called the News Desk where you can, you know, show us that you are a good writer that you do a good job and then we'll get you involved in articles if you're good from there and then from from there a lot of guys have gone into full-time roles uh, in the industry there's all kinds of opportunities like that but really what I would just tell you guys is start writing whether it's on a personal blog or uh, you know even just for your league mates that way you can improve as a writer you can see if you actually enjoy doing it do rankings every single week do a podcast see what goes into it because it really Everyone thinks that this is the greatest job ever, and for me, it absolutely is. For a lot of people, it would be, but for some people, they get into it and they realize, I don't really want to do this. I've got to tell you, I work so much harder in this job than I have in all my other jobs previously combined, and uh, it is is tough work. It's not for a lot of people. You work a lot more hours, um, but it's totally worth it. So I would say just start doing it, no matter if it's podcasting, doing rankings, building your own set of algorithms to make your own projections. just riding, just get involved in some way. I love that. Well, we, no offense, Bobby, but I think we've talked enough Sylvester. So let's yeah. get into some fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> so for you, 2018 fantasy wise, how's, how do you think it's going uh, personally for you? How many leagues are you in? That sort of thing. So I'm in uh, eight leagues. Last year I was in 17 and I wanted to cut and cut it in half. So I was able to do that. And uh, so I'm in eight leagues this year. I made the playoffs in seven of them. The one that I missed I outscored everyone by 250 points and didn't make the playoffs. 
and I scored 205 points in the uh, consolation bracket this week, which is it's just salt in the wound, right? So it's been a good season fantasy football-wise. My rankings haven't been as accurate as I would hope, but, um, you know, it's been a tough season. There's been a lot of crazy stuff happening. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you, if you had said to me, we're looking in the, the fantasy playoffs – and we've got five rookie quarterbacks starting and you've got, you know, all these, and you look at the waiver wires, it's all very young talent that no one's heard of. And, and people are fading the names like Fournette and Golden Tate. It's just nuts. Like I don't, and the tight end position being completely decimated. There's just no one left. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get out there and get a job. And the game changing so much too. I mean, who would have guessed that we would have, you know, Aaron Rodgers playing one of his better seasons of all time, and he's like the QB9. Because the, the game has just changed so much with all the scoring and all the passing. It's, it's nuts. And, you know, who would have expected Mahomes to, in his first full year, to go and break every single record? I don't think anyone got even close to, to saying that. I don't think Mahomes' mom thought that that was going to happen. <laughs> it's a, you know, it's just such a crazy season. Yeah, but we're really hoping he gets to 57 touchdowns so that Heinz have to part with catch up for life for <laughs> I forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's a big one for us to see if he can get there. It's going to be tough. I think he needs five TDs a game now. So Yeah. It's going to be tough. Yeah. So, seeing as this season has been so crazily different, what do you think is going to be different in 2019 or do you think this trend will continue for a few years? You know, I think that this trend is going to, uh, to continue to... Uh, I don't know, um, go that direction. Like, I wouldn't be surprised at all if somebody hit 60 touchdown passes in the next five years. And I know it sounds crazy, but think about it this way. The touchdown record before Dan Marino got in business was 32. And he moved it to 48 really quick, right? These things happen extremely fast. I think it's going to be primarily a passing league. Um, and I hate to say it, but, um, you know, it's, it's just going to be a less and less violent game. I guess I shouldn't hate to say that because people are getting hurt. But, um, you know, it's part of the reason, part of the draw, right? Um, it's why so many people like rugby all around the world is because it's it's like it simulates war. That's why we watch it, and it's a lot of fun. I think that's going to change. That's going to bring the scoring up. So um, I think that'll change fantasy football quite a bit. Nice. Yeah. Uh, it is a shame because, like you say, it's not the violence we like, but some of the big hits and stuff, they make for spectacular plays as well. So Yeah. But I, I just showcase his ability better than playing flag football. Yeah. But I think what what we'll see, and I think what we've seen this season, and and you know, I so I'm a big Premier League fan, and I watch a lot of you know my team Arsenal are notoriously known for having a lot of injuries because they rely on quickness, and I think we will see more injuries, but there'll be non-contact injuries. So I think that people are going to be assuming as the league gets sort of softer and there's less sort of challenges and or reducing them and less helmet to helmets and less sort of concussions which can only be a good thing for the game I sure. think there's going to be more injury in fact I think there'll be an increase in injuries year on year It'll be interesting to see the statistics on that in the next few years because I think you'll see more hamstrings you'll see more ligament damages I think because they're just natural to go up through you know stretching and overextending and hyperextensions and things like that and explosiveness as well yeah. isn't it? just mm-hmm. the more explosive you are the more injury prone you are knee wise anyway it's the same with i definitely agree so fantasy format wise what's your favorite format to play so i'm an out of the box kind of guy um i'm sure you guys heard about this and tags made fun of me on the podcast about this free market league that i have um, you guys can read about it because i it's so complex to share on a podcast just type in free market 
league, Bobby Sylvester, it'll come up. But in terms of like a normal league that you could actually get a lot of your friends to play in, I love two quarterback leagues and I like to make them as deep as possible. So start three running backs, start four wide receivers, start two flex. And that includes tight ends um, because I don't like having a tight end because it's just such a garbage position and they're basically wide receivers anyway. No kicker, no DST, that just adds luck to the game. I want as much talent as possible. And I think that that, um, you know, using those uh, 11 players really helps distinguish who the best fantasy players are. Come get him, Murph, get him. No, I, I agree with you on tight ends. I never take a tight end early. I take one, uh, no, I, I'm maybe just, no. like nine or 10 because... Uh-huh. You might have to next year, though, because there's four good guys and then nobody else. Exactly. I'm, well, no. I'm writing an article this week on how I think the top tight end talent could be end of round one, beginning of round two draft stock, just because of the lack of anyone else. Especially if you play in a league where there is a tight end slot. I think if you draft a Kelsey at the end of one, beginning of two, especially if you're on the turn, I, I, yeah. would do it. I don't see why you wouldn't do it. I, I understand that, and I, I do get that argument 100%, and it will make me consider that position, but... I guess where before you've only had one or two elite tight ends, you just think you miss out on those. I'll get an extra running back, I'll get an extra wide receiver, and everyone else is a much of a muchness. I think you're going to have two strategies. You're going to have the people that will go for the top four, and guess what? If you don't get any of those, you might as well not bother drafting one. Just pick one up as and when. You know, I I would be tempted to take one in that range, maybe pick 13, 14, 15, if there wasn't Hunter Henry coming back. Because I'm getting Hunter Henry in every single league next year. You look at his efficiency stats. He's not just as good as Gronk and Kelsey and Ertz. He is better than those guys. Um, and now that Antonio Gates is out of the way, I think he's going to be a monster. I will reach two rounds just to make sure I get Hunter Henry next year. So in my main dynasty league, my three tight ends are Kelsey, Kittle, and I've got Henry on IR. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> that is so sweet. <laughs> Although I may have to trade one of them away to get something else because I don't need three. That's greedy, isn't it? I, mean, it's I, I would try to trade, if I were you, I would try to trade Travis Kelsey for Dalvin Cook because I don't think people realize just how good Dalvin Cook is. Like, he's leading the NFL in tackles missed per touch. Dalvin Cook is number one. He's just not getting the opportunities. I think Latavius Murray is going to be gone. I think they're taking it easy on Cook. I think next year he's going to be incredible. So... Let's say I already have Dalvin Cook. Who oh, should- man. I think you should just uh, order the trophy right now. No. I just, you, say, <laughs> you need some help at what QB, don't you? Not me. Well, I've got Lamar Jackson and Matt Ryan. I'm really thin at running back. Dalvin Cook is pretty much my own. Now, I say that I've got Devonta Freeman, Kerryon Johnson, Jordan Howard, Mark Ingram. Yeah, that'll be fine going forward for sure. Oh, well, but I don't need to trade. Listen here, Rush Nation. I'm not trading <laughs> at all in the offseason. <laughs> Nice. Um, so how do you work out your strategy for the season before you draft and stuff like that? It's the same every year for me. I just want high upside. I have enough confidence in my ability to, uh, to pick the waiver wire for the right guys and to draft the right way that I'm, I think that I'm going to make the playoffs. Like I said, seven out of eight this season. Um, and so I want upside heading into the playoffs. I don't care how I get there. I just want the best team going into the playoffs. And so, um, you know, I trade midseason for guys like Christian McCaffrey who have incredible second-half schedules, and I think they're going to blow up. Um, So I have Christian McCaffrey in, I think, six of those leagues. Um, Same with Joe Mixon. I traded for him in a bunch of leagues after his uh, his injury. Um, And I like to acquire high upside bench players. So 
if you guys listen to me preseason, you know I have James Conner in every single league. This was even before the Le'Veon Bell news. I wanted him just in case something happened to Le'Veon Bell because, you know, there's a 30% chance that a starting running back, especially one with uh, that kind of workload, is going to get hurt during the year. There's also stuff like suspensions, holdouts. And so I want the best possible upside stash and that was James Conner. As you saw, that ended up working out. Guys like Spencer Ware, I hung on to for a while. And that one didn't exactly work out uh, like we had hoped. But, you know, you get players like that and you tend to win. I also uh, like to do this thing where instead of spending the end of my bench picks on depth pieces, I want to stream defense special teams and quarterbacks every week. But I want to do it a week in advance so I'm not spending my fab money. So I look at who the, who's facing the bills next week and I'll pick them up this week. I look at who's going up against the box for a quarterback and I pick them up the previous week just to make sure that I don't have to spend fab because I like to save all my fab so I can go out and acquire guys like Jalen Samuels when the time comes. So talking of fab, a lot of our leagues are just waiver priority. I know the leagues I'm in are just waiver priority. Do you think fab is the way to go for, for waivers? I don't really have uh, too much. This is really weird because I have a huge opinion about everything, food, politics, theology, everything. I don't have any opinion really on the fab thing. I think waivers um, is fine either way. I'd play most fab leagues, and so that's what we tend to talk about on the podcast, but you know, waiver priority is perfectly fine with me. Okay, cool. We're just having that debate in our dynasty league, so I thought you might be able to settle that for us. But <laughs> I, 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 like- I think most experts in the industry would say fab is the way to go. Yeah. I like I like both. I like Fab because it evens out that if you if you drafted well, you're almost penalised from the off for mm-hmm. drafting really well. Yeah. And thinking, you know what, if you've crushed a draft and you don't need to pick someone up for four or five weeks for whatever reason, or you know you, you, you store it down, Fab means you've got that opportunity to to get a top player, whereas your record might prevent you from getting that player. And I think I like the fact it evens it out, and you have tightly contested leagues. And I think depending on who you're playing with, would make that sort of decision for me. I think in deeper leagues, I like Fab, but maybe in an 18 league, I prefer waivers. That would make sense. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like having an auction all season long, and I love auction drafts. If you guys haven't done an auction draft, um, I think auction drafts are 10 times better than snake drafts. You just have to try it once. You will never go back. You know, I did one in 2003, and I've not done one since. (laughs) (laughs) I've done three this year. And I'm in the playoffs in all three. There you go, man. Yeah, there's just so much strategy in the auction drafts. It's um, you can't ever complain about missing out on Todd Gurley because everyone had a chance. Yeah, I went big on two running backs in all three of them. I've got Gurley and Zeke in all three of them. And I think I spent, uh, I don't know, it was two hundred dollars. I think I probably spent a hundred and between one hundred and forty and one hundred and sixty dollars on those two players. It's the way to do it. And then, yeah, and then I just, I just, then I, in one of them, took so long. I went and did the washing up, loaded the dishwasher, and came back because I didn't have one of the middle players. I, I couldn't bid twenty dollars on Stefan Diggs because that would have left me with a dollar for the rest of the thing. So it I, does I, take a really long time. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, it was mad. I, about two hours I waited until I had another bid. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was worth it, obviously, because I'm, I'm in the playoffs. Sure. Let's talk about fantasy championships. We're there, as Bobby says, he's in seven of eight. So he's a pretty good guy to take advice off, I would suggest. What, what's your strategy for the playoffs, Bobby? You touched on earlier about going for maximum upside. Is there anything else that you, you like to do going into the playoffs? Um, going into the playoffs, I stream a little bit sooner. So I've already picked up my defense for the entire playoffs. I picked up the Tennessee Titans in week 12 just to make sure I could have them for all three of those great matchups. The Denver Broncos were a good one as well. 
Um, same thing. I'm picking up my quarterbacks two, three weeks early because I don't want to take any chance. I don't have the guys I want. But um, besides that, I mean, I'm not really picking anyone up on the waiver wire at this point. It's just playing the best guys. And, um, you know, if you don't really know who those are, you can go to Fantasy Pros and we've got something called My Playbook where you can just upload your team for free. It's like you can pick out your favorite five experts where you can just go with the expert consensus. And it's like having a whole team of experts who say, hey, this is who I would recommend starting. And in fact, it's been banned in a couple of leagues because people say it's like cheating. We had that in, in one of the leagues that we play in where a guy who won it, it came out that he'd signed and paid up for the expert yeah, for the draft wizard yeah for the draft wizard so uh, andre yeah i'm naming and shaming you now because that was you and uh, <laughs> and yeah it got frowned upon so we said look the free tools are absolutely fine if you want to use a draft wizard if you want to do your mock drafts if you want to sign up to the playbook which you know you get the email alerts as well which is useful for your analysis at the end of the end of the week um and it gives you the sort of the top free agents as well gives you something to think about so yeah um those are all all been accepted in every league I played in, but yeah, when someone paid and they were, <laughs> uh, and then winning the league, it's like uh... <laughs> the best part of it for me too, though, is um, you know I go to church every single Sunday morning, which is right when kickoff starts. So if somebody gets if someone's a late scratch, I can't take them out of my lineup unless I'm going to like stop paying attention or whatever, and I don't want to do that. Um, so my playbook actually replaces the players for you in your lineup if you you know give them the permission to do it, and that's been a lifesaver. I did not know that. No. Oh, it is amazing. I mean, for us, the Thursday night, well, it's Thursday night for us, Thursday games, Monday night football, the real late ones on a Sunday. Yeah. I'm, I'm well in bed by the time they kick off. They kick off about 1.20 in the morning. Oh, wow. You hadn't even think about that for you guys. Yeah, so, so 1.20 in the morning on a Friday, uh, Thursday night, Friday morning, and uh, same again for the Sunday night football. So, um, you know, sometimes I'll stay up and watch the, the Sunday night football if I can't sleep or... I'm going to have a quiet day on, on Monday and hope my boss isn't listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's something like that would be quite useful, but I tend to just try and set and forget. I also try and unless the, you've got a first night game, like the one coming up with the, the, the chargers and, and, and the chiefs, I tend to not try and pick too many teams in that, in that kind of game. I like to wait for the weekend and have players there because there's nothing worse than having someone, bust on a Thursday and you're yeah. in a hole the weekend and the worst yeah. thing about Thursday nights as well is like don't ever play a Thursday night player in your flex always put them in a position because the flex spot is flexible yeah and if Perfect. you if you kill a Thursday night player on it uh, then you just, you're in you, trouble yeah you're in real trouble so that's good to know so when you're thinking about your championship playoff team you're thinking right week 15 coming up you mentioned you bought all your players in in advance are you looking at who you're playing and then thinking maybe you raid the wire as a bit of a blocker or do you have sort of some tactics you think about that week to, to give you the best opportunity to win? You nailed it. That's the only thing that I'll consider uh, changing my roster for. Cause I think if you get too cute, sometimes it can really hurt you. But um, in one case last year, I was in the championship and I needed a quarterback. I didn't have any fab dollars left. I spent it all on some backup running back. My opponent had $5. So we spent $5 on the five best streaming quarterbacks. And I had to start Blake Bortles in the championship game. And I ended up winning it. I was really <laughs> lucky that Blake Bortles had another good week and somehow. Um, but, you know, that's the, that's the only strategy that I would do. And I wouldn't really do it before the championship week because then you're dropping your, uh, your bench players like, um, like Justin Jackson. I own him in a lot of leagues. If I would have dropped Justin Jackson last week to, to help myself win, 
I mean, that, that would have been awful because someone would spend their entire fab budget right now to acquire Justin Jackson with Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler out. I think Justin Jackson might be a top 15 running back this week. Yeah, that, that's the Thursday night game. And for us, that's a nightmare because Eckler might be out, Gordon might be out, and then the other side, Spencer Ware might be out. So it's like, if you've got yeah. those, who, who do you play when we go to bed and hope that somebody actually plays? And, uh, <laughs> real head scratcher, but we're, uh, we're working on that for sure. Yeah. The days. So when you're thinking about players in advance and then something like that happens, so let's say, I know you've obviously picked up Justin Jackson when you, when the uh, MCL strain happens to Gordon, but if you had something in that situation where, you know, there might have been an injury this week, say Spencer Ware, for example, after what's happened and maybe he didn't handcuff him or whatever, do you have for the waiver wire this week some players who people can look at that can make a difference and potentially get into their semifinal uh, playoff teams? Absolutely. Yeah, you just mentioned Spencer Ware is going to be out. That means Damian Williams is uh, is the guy in Kansas City. And you can think, you know, he's a third-string running back. How good can he be? Talent doesn't especially matter at running back. I'm in that camp, at least. You look at what, what happened when Zeke went down last year. Rod Smith was... <clears throat> Rod Smith was 98% as good. You look at when Le'Veon Bell went down a couple years ago, D'Angelo Williams was the number two fantasy football running back. You look at when Le'Veon Bell was out this year, and uh, um, Connor was just absolutely incredible. Leonard Fournette was gone last year, and their backup running backs provided better stats than Leonard Fournette. So I don't think it matters so much uh, how talented Damian Williams is. He's going to get an opportunity in one of the best offenses in football. And, you know, you watch him, he's pretty quick too. So I think he's a good running back pickup. If you need a wide receiver, Curtis Samuel is a great play if he's available. And then tight end, Vernon Davis is going to play in place of Jordan Reed. And um, we know how much Washington likes to throw to their tight ends. Vernon Davis is still pretty good too. Yeah, awesome. They're, uh, they're definitely good pickups, and I couldn't agree more on all of them. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> that's good. I thought there might be some controversy. We had with our guest last week. Uh, I, I We had the, the Lamar Jackson versus Josh Allen debate, and – uh, Chris and uh, our guest Kingy took uh, took the view of Jackson, and I was arguing more for Josh Allen because I thought he had a safer floor with his rushing yards. And yeah, I don't know what's your view on that. I'm keen. I need some help. <laughs> Last week I had Lamar Jackson ranked higher for what it's worth. Man, I'll tell you what, Josh Allen just keeps getting it done. I don't know how. It is so ugly. <laughs> if you don't watch the game, it's fine. But I mean, he's piled up more rushing yards in the last three games. And he did as a senior in college, his entire season. So I don't know where this came from. I don't know if you guys have uh, seen the the American Office, but there's yeah. a character on there called Moe's, yeah. and he runs really goofy. You watch Josh Allen run at the Combine, same <laughs> exact person. <laughs> That's, do you know what, that is spot on. I, I, and I have to precursor when I'm telling people, I, I'd be looking at Josh Allen. If you're thinking I need a quarterback, you're not happy with who you've got, I'd be looking at him. He's 14% owned, so he's probably available. And I have to precursor with this. I don't think he's a good football player. No. <laughs> but, I, I think Blake Bortles is better than Josh Allen, and that is really saying something. But you know what? I'm with you. Josh Allen is my favorite streamer pickup of the week. Nice. Just crazy. Yeah. Right, quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Although he should be an RB, maybe. We can get <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> In terms of, You've obviously been doing this for quite a few years, um, especially playing fantasy football. What have you sort of learned from previous seasons that you can help with our listeners in terms of pitfalls, things to stay away from, from a strategy perspective, or just anything that people in their head are thinking right now, I'm going to do this. What's some advice you can say, stay away from that? 
I'll tell you guys, okay? So right now I'm 29 years old. I've been playing fantasy football since I was six years old. It took me about 21 years, and that includes when I was first a, a fantasy analyst for a living. The first year I was a fantasy analyst for a living, I was still making this mistake. Injury optimism. If you thought in the preseason that Doug Baldwin was going to be awesome, even though he's dealing with this injury, I've got to tell you, you were wrong. And that tends to be the case more often than not. When a player goes into the season injured, it is not going to turn out well. You can say, well, he's got all this talent. He's going to bounce back for sure. Just give him two or three weeks. It tends to not happen, guys. I, I agree. We have a rule, which we call the rule of 16, which is if we don't think the player is going to play 16 games in a season, then we look at their ADP, for example, and think we're not drafting them there. We drop mm-hmm. them down the board. So Leonard Fournette's a great example. Every year he's injured. He's always injured with hamstrings. So I would never take him in the second round. If he's there in the fifth, oh, I'll take him. Because at that point, he's a gamble and he's worth a punt at where he is. But I, I would never draft him in the second round. I have him in. I only have him in one league and it's because I inherited that team. I would never draft him. I never have. I can't see any reason to. And he was drafting the first rounds in almost every single league this year. And I'm just scratching my head like, I, I don't understand. Like, you guys do realize it's a guarantee he's going to get hurt. It's one thing if a player's suspended and he comes back and he's healthy. But when Leonard Fournette comes back, he's not exactly 100%. So, um, not ideal. No. Awesome. So, that's what we uh, try and live by. We yeah. wrote an article on it, actually. As yeah, well, we did. We're a big believer in that. Why don't you ask the next one because it's one of your... Yeah, so I've got a real... When I pick up my or play my wide receivers, as it were, I'm really interested in their cornerback matchup. And sometimes I will play a wide receiver of less caliber if he's playing against maybe a second or third string cornerback. Do you do anything similar to that? Or do you look at cornerback matchups when you play or or draft your wide receivers because of schedule? I definitely do. And I've got to be honest, I'm not the one who does this research. There's only so much I can do in a single week. I wish I could do every single detail out there, but I also do fantasy baseball. I also do fantasy basketball. And so what I do is I just read my co-host primer. It's his biggest article of the week where he talks about every single matchup with cornerbacks and wide receivers. And I adjust my rankings accordingly. Um, I also, you know, am learning as I'm doing the podcast, talking to these other experts um, about what it is that they're seeing. And that's the best thing about doing the podcast is it really helps me out. And I know I'm helping them out as well because we're picking each other's brains and kind of refining our stances. And when you're in the preseason, you're talking to 30 different experts, the smartest guys out there about fantasy football, it's going to help your takes be so much better. Cool. Yeah. I, cornerback is my favorite position in the NFL anyway. So I, I just I just like to look at who they're facing wide receiver-wise and think, actually, maybe I'll sit him this week. Corey Davis was a great example against the Titans just because of how they locked him down. So after two good weeks as well, he scored me 20-odd points in a couple of weeks, and then he faced the Jags, and I sat him. because It's, I pre- it's pretty easy to do, right? I mean, there's, there's so much information out there that you can really get an upper hand doing stuff like that. Um, like Zay Jones, when he played the Jets four weeks back, he was in the slot. And they're the worst against slot cornerbacks. So you had to start Zay Jones. He scored two touchdowns. And then you heard he's going to be moving outside. He's not against the slot. Well, I don't want to play him against perimeter cornerbacks because they're better. And the Jets, you know, have actual good uh, cornerbacks out there. So you don't start Zay, Zay Jones and look at him. He was a turd. <laughs> Absolutely. Where, um, where would you say for listeners who've just heard that and gone, that's blown my mind. I've never even thought to do that. Where, where's the best place they can get that kind of data and information? Uh, Pro Football Focus, it is a, a premium feature that they have, but um, also Mike Taglia writes about it in his primer piece, so you can check that out. That's free on Fantasy Pro's homepage. It comes out every Thursday afternoon. 
Awesome, perfect. So that is a must subscribe to, folks. Yeah. I don't know how he has time to write that. It's like a Bible every single week or an encyclopedia. It is so big. 35,000 words and uh, nobody with any kind of life could possibly write that every week. So I don't know if he's like staying up all night, um, but he gets it done and it's good. It's good information. Really good. I've read it a few times and I absolutely love it. So I guess just sort of wrapping up then, we, we talked a lot about strategy, talked about players, we talked about some keys. If you could come up with three ironclad tips for this week and for next week for our listeners to get them to win their leagues, what would you say they are? Don't get cute. That's number one. Um, don't think like, uh, man, I know that this guy has been pretty consistent all year, but I really have a gut feeling that this guy's going to be better. Don't do that. Your, your entire season, you got there by, you know, playing the better players. Um, like last week, a lot of people were playing Justin Jackson and I liked Justin Jackson the, the prior week. Um, but last week people were playing Justin Jackson thinking, oh, well maybe, just maybe he'll steal the starting running back job. We'll find out he's a starter going into the week. It didn't work out that way. He had seven carries for four fantasy points. Just play the top projected guy. More often than not, that will help you. Obviously, there's going to be times where it's not the case, but uh, don't get cute is number one. Number two, I would say, um, I don't know, take a look at your waiver wire to see if there's somebody that you can pick up for championship week. Because if you're not playing a guy, if he's on your bench right now, and you're not going to play him this week, you're probably not going to play him next week, pick him, uh, drop him and pick somebody up like a Jalen Samuels. I guess he's already gone, but pick up, pick up this guy, John Kelly. He's the backup running back for the Los Angeles Rams. If anything was to happen to Todd Gurley, even a minor tweak, they're already guaranteed a buy. And so if Todd Gurley was to get banged up, John Kelly would start next week. And I'll tell you what, I would put him as a top three fantasy football running back. And that, that's the kind of thing that can win your championship. Like when uh, Mark Ingram went out a couple years ago, Tim Hightower filled in. And Tim Hightower was amazing because of the offense he's in, not because he's anywhere near as talented. But John Kelly, I'm telling you guys, he's a superstar in the waiting. If Todd Gurley was to go down, this guy would be a stud right away. I couldn't agree more. I watched quite a lot of John Kelly last year at Tennessee. Uh, and Tennessee was a bad football team last year. But in that SEC, he really stood out. Uh, I'm a Florida Gator, so that's where I went to school. And so I watched him completely destroy us last year. Um, he's a phenomenal football player, and he, he's going to have a great career. He is ridiculous. And if you watched him in the preseason, you were thinking, hold on a second, they've got two Todd Gurley's here. Now, obviously, they're different types of players. He's more of a uh, of a scat back, kind of like Chris Johnson back in the day for, uh, for Arizona. Or a Brian Westbrook. That's why I would compare him to. Brian Westbrook was amazing for the Eagles. I think John Kelly's going to be that someday. That is stellar advice, sir. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Well, Bobby, we're just getting to the end of the interview. Why don't you tell Rush Nation where you can we can found on Twitter, where your articles are, obviously Fantasy Pros. Just big yourself up, I suppose. Totally. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm on Fantasy Pros and I write, you know, five, six articles a week. I've actually started on the baseball content as well. I don't know how much you all like baseball there, but... Baseball is, don't tell anyone this. I guess everyone listening is going to know, but baseball is my favorite sport. I love baseball. I do the Fantasy Pros baseball podcast as well, and I'm on Twitter at Bobby Fantasy Pro. I love baseball. Uh, I saw the Marlins win the World Series in 2003 uh, against the Yankees, but I also have a bit of an affinity to uh, the Washington Nationals. I saw them last year, and we actually have our first London game this year. Uh, Cool. I didn't realize that. That's awesome. Are you going to go? Yeah, so my, my friend James and I have got tickets. So they're doing, it's Yankees Red Sox two days in June. So uh, we couldn't get tickets for the Saturday, but we got tickets for the Sunday. 
That's awesome. That's like when uh, when the Premier League comes over to St. Louis, I always am going. Yeah, 100%. So we can't wait Um see it here. I, I can imagine it taking off just as much as football has here in the last 10 years. So I, I love to hear that. That's it, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> so, so grateful for your time. It's been an absolute blast. And just thank you so much for, for everything. Guys, this was a lot of fun. You do a real good job as well. And uh, I hope that football's popularity continues to grow over there. I, I just love it. It's a great sport. Thank you so, so much. We, thank, thanks just for coming on. I mean, it, it's it's been a privilege for us, I suppose. Absolutely. To, to have you on. So, Bobby, thank you so much. Well, I hope to do it again sometime. You guys take care. You thanks, too, Bobby. Thanks, Bobby. You take care. Thank you. So, Rush Nation, that was Bobby Sylvester. What a stand-up guy he was. I, I love that. Yeah. I just That was just a lot of fun. I mean, all our guests have been absolutely top class, but... I just thought it was a really lovely conversation that really flowed well, like we like have with all of our guests, and just learned. I learned so much in that interview. That was just awesome. Yeah, it was absolutely unbelievable. Well, Rush Nation, we are closer to Christmas than ever. Cannot wait for our Christmas special. Go find the podcast on all your favourite podcast formats. Tweet at us on Twitter, at 5 Yard Rush. Murph, that was awesome. Until next week, keep rushing, Rush Nation. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.